And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Join us as we take the midnight train to Georgia for runoff results that pretty much everybody else had three hours ago. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, Walker loses to uh, Warnock in uh, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Twitter lawyer Jim Baker fired over the Hunter Biden laptop story. Mm. His name may sound familiar. It should. We'll, we will get to uh, that. Yeah. Uh, Trump organization found guilty of uh, tax uh, fraud. Uh, we'll get to the minutiae. Uh, of of uh, the 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 charges there and how it involves the uh, the Trump family and even Weisenberg said none of them knew, mm-hmm. so to, you know they got the Trump organization for it. So they, I think the fines like one point six mm-hmm. million something right. like that's what the fine is going to uh, to be. Uh, that uh, with everything else going on, I mean you th- you and I were talking about this, you know the the Georgia loss here, mm-hmm. which which makes it then uh, every uh, uh, except for one major Senate candidate who was J.D. Vance, who won in Ohio, every single one of the, the Senate candidates uh, and, and, uh, and uh, you know, Kerry uh, uh, Lake mm-hmm. in, uh, in Arizona uh, either lost or way underperformed. J.D. Vance has included that way underperformed uh, what uh, other Republicans did uh, in their, their state. So you see that, and uh, it doesn't, to, to me, politically... It's not going to matter to the Republican Party or uh, conservatives out there uh, or Republicans. I'll say Republicans, not conservative Republicans out there who are on the edge about Trump. They're going to look at it and go every single day. There's something that's like every single day. There's something that's negative. Yeah, it just right. it doesn't it just doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And you can sit there and say, well, it was people inside his organization. Doesn't matter. All they hear is Trump organization found guilty of tax fraud. You know, this this is one of the things we said why 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 the polls showed that the majority of Americans, even a significant number of Democrats, uh, want uh, the you know want the Republicans want an investigation of Joe Biden into influence peddling. Two mm-hmm. things Americans dislike: influence peddling, not paying your taxes. That's mm-hmm. it's it's that simple. That's how it goes, and that's the real world of of politics out there. So we'll get to more of uh, of that. 
Walmart CEO says thefts at stores could lead to store closings and price jumps. J, uh, J.P. Morgan uh, Chase CEO says inflation is eroding consumer wealth and may cause a recession. You know, this is something that you and I have uh, have talked about. Uh, inflation still going up. When's the next? Uh, is it next Monday or next Tuesday? week? Next week. It's Tuesday. Okay. Um, the the next inflation number, even if it's six percent, mm-hmm. you know that's the, the all that means is the uh, the rate of inflation may be reducing, and it may go down because of of gas prices. You know, because gas prices have gone down over the last you know uh, really ten days. I don't know if that will be reflected in this inflation report. And some of the major retailers also started discounting because they realized they were going to have to discount on a number of things. I don't think any of them promoted that they were or came out and said that they were actually advertising loss leaders. I don't know if that's the case. Loss mm-hmm. leaders that you, you price it really low. You take a loss on that one item to get people in the store. Uh, but they were there were rollbacks at Walmart and other major retailers. Uh, and because things weren't moving. One of the things that uh, we talked about it early on, but but still is the case uh, for some reason, clothing. Uh, and these companies don't warehouse the way they used to. So they don't have the room. So they have to sell it and they have to put it on sale. I don't know to what extent that might have brought down the rate of inflation. I'm not sure. Energy prices would be a much bigger factor there, but there could be some of that at play with some retailers and, you know, I, we would just have to pick apart the numbers. You know, I was, my, I was talking to my neighbor the other day. He's He's got a uh, – he took down one of his trees. And with our homeowners association, you have to have a number of trees, uh, in, you know, in, in there. And so he would cut down one tree and was going to put up another tree. But the homeowners association was there the next day <laughs> saying, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to get and, – and he was just so frustrated with them because nothing made sense. Mm-hmm. But he needed to get my – you know, you're required to put a tree in, but then he he couldn't get any answer from the homeowners association. They just weren't making any sense, and and they said you need permission of your neighbors to do it. Well, no, you don't if it's the homeowners association. But that's beyond the the, the point. To take down the old tree, and we both use the same company to take down other trees on our property two and a half years ago. Hmm. The majority of the estimates he got was three times greater than two and a half years ago. Yeah. It was like he finally found someone to do it for probably 15 to 20% more than it was. But he said he went through five or six and every single one. And he said, my, we, my God, the prices that you, and including the, the people that did it last time, it was like 500, you know, to take down one tree. It's like 1,500. Yeah. To, to do it. He said, what, what happened here? Well, it's just, you know, we can't find people to work. We need to pay them more, everything. And so you look at that, that uh, you know, that effect uh, on it over the past two and a half years. And really inflation we've been dealing with now uh, almost, uh, what, a year and year and eight months? Yeah, year and eight months we've been dealing with the, um, in, inflation. It, so. and, and, you know, the what's important about the November numbers is that the tail end of the third quarter last year and the fourth quarter is when inflation really started to heat up. So if we see 6% next week uh, for the year over year for November, you have to go back to last November and look, and we can find that, but it was was pretty healthy. 
So you add that on top of the inflation, which was out of range, typical range, uh, by far. Uh, that's when everybody was basically trying to corner uh, Janet Yellen. Uh, and they had already been saying, you know, well, it's transitory. Then they were, I, I don't know, in November, by November or December, what excuse they had moved on to. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if they started uh, promoting tapping into your massive savings that you have. Um, but it was that that's when it was heating up. That's when it was really, really heating up. And that's what you want to look at. It's a it, look at it's a it's yeah. a compounding uh, in, in, effect. Inflation rate last November. Yeah. Six point eight percent. Yeah. So if you have, for example, and I'm just I have no idea what inflation is going to be. I'm just throwing out right. the number. Right. Six, you know, six percent. Well, if right. you had. Uh, 9% five months ago, mm-hmm. well, that was based on, you know, the year to year. Right. Well, if you have 6% based on last November when it had gone up 6.8%, you know, that's how you have to figure out inflation. And the wages aren't keeping up with it. Wages aren't keeping up. And so this, the, the, and I understand, the you know, you're looking for good news. The Biden administration, okay, inflation's down from what it was. But the actual number of dollars that you actually have to spend is not. You're talking percentage, not mm-hmm. the number of dollars that you have to expend. And and you're not going to see massive deflation. You'll, you'll see deflation in gasoline prices because energy prices uh, uh, fluctuate. But I don't think you're going to see it, for example, in food prices. No, I I don't see it. I don't see no. it coming. No. Diesel's still going to be a problem with all these yeah. uh, products. So for the next Year, year and a half, two years, inflation is going to be maybe three, four years because it's, you're not going to see a reduction in all these prices. Wages haven't kept up. They're not going to skyrocket to the point to to overcome what inflation has been. So people are going to feel this each and every day. So we'll get to more of that uh, uh, coming up. Boeing, their last 747 rolled out of the factory yesterday. Mm. They wow. made like 1,700 of them. Uh, I think it's the Smithsonian Channel has just this incredible documentary on, you know, the whole 747 program. And when Boeing, you know, and Boeing put everything on it. Hmm. If it didn't succeed, they would have gone bankrupt. Yeah, right. If the 747 did. Right. Yeah. And, and going through the test, it's a great documentary. I saw it about a year and a half ago mesmerized by it where it came out a second time and i watched a second time and i think a third time and showing the actual test flight of this you know the test flights of the 747 and the problem they had with massive vibration that was and it's just you're you're sitting there and it's like okay this thing's vibrating we need to get it down we need to get it down and so you're like wow 747 well and when they when they presented it to the public they weren't ready they still flew it plane wasn't ready <laughs> and you said yeah there, you know uh it was a lot of this. that would tend to have me concerned at yeah thirty thousand feet well massive vibration but I, <laughs> you know when i thought about it because you're talking the late 60s i'm yeah. like oh this is sort of the space program mentality we have to do this no matter what we've got it now it had to be they it had to be ready to to go the 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 final product that was you know, and inspected by, you know, the the government, everything else. It had to be there. But when they did their test flight for the public, they weren't ready. Hmm. And so it's a fascinating documentary. Grand jury says the Luton County schools failed at every junction in that. Remember the transgender rape case that led mm-hmm. to all of that mm-hmm. in Loudoun County? Yeah. Every juncture, they failed on everything, as we knew they did. 
Uh, Biden says there are more important things to do than the border. Well, of course. The border isn't a problem to him. It's exactly what he wants. Of course, the problem, the, the way he looks at it and Democrats look at it, they want the border to be like the way that it is. They cause the border to be like it. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem to them. Duh. Yeah, we already know it's not a priority. Yeah. So uh, we will get to uh, that and a whole bunch more. Walker losing to Warnock. Not a surprise. Look, we said this months ago, months ago, and especially on the Senate candidates that were endorsed by Trump. They were bad candidates. Yeah. I, I mean, end of story. They were out of, and, and out of was, all the Senate candidates, I'd say Walker was the worst. He was the worst. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's just you. You cannot. You know what? What do we learn? You got to run good candidates. You know, it's the the power of uh, the endorsement is is one thing. You talk about you know uh, the kingmakers in American politics. And you can have that conversation, and that will always be in effect. But ultimately, the candidate has to rise on their own. Mm-hmm. They have to be a good candidate. If you look at J.D. Vance, he underperformed in his state, but he outperformed the rest of those candidates in that category of getting that endorsement. Well, he, he which yeah, he which won. means right. that it. There was something about him as a candidate that came across. Look, I don't, you know, when it comes to Carrie Lake, we can point out, you know, the the concerns there. Uh, There were a couple of concerns along the way. uh, But ultimately, you know, you've got to rise above it. I I think she did a good job at addressing the media and, and, and being able to talk, you know, back and forth. And that probably has to do with the fact that she was in the media for a long time. But. You've got to rise way above. And you know, because in and everybody, you know, I, I saw this analysis um, you know, since the midterm. And over the weekend still, you know, ahead of the Georgia runoff, people saying, Well, the left gets away with, you know, just star power and rock stars and blah blah. You know, political idolatry idolatry does exist, and it does exist to some extent on the right. Um, but for conservatives, the conservative base of the Republican Party, the rank and file, you have to earn it. You have to get for independence. You're going to have to earn it and you have to be a good candidate. The kingmaker can't actually make you king. You're going to have to earn it. Well, the kingmaker can hurt you and it and also do damage. Right. But. The power of an endorsement is very limited. It's very limited. It would, it, there are exceptions to that. Uh, Ron DeSantis, because from what we know so far, his behavior has not been to act like a kingmaker. So if he endorses a candidate, you take consideration, you know, all right, why? And then you listen to a DeSantis explain Here's why this person might be good for office. You know, I that's just and and I don't have an example of DeSantis doing that. But this idea of kingmaker just to be kingmaker. If the candidate's a bad candidate, 
you're going to end up with what you got in Georgia tonight. That's what you're going to get. It's got to be a great candidate. Yeah, you know, the one thing about J.D. Vance outperforming others, yeah, he won. But if you see the difference in the number of votes between mm-hmm. him and the governor, he mm-hmm. actually did worse than than uh, yeah, yeah, he, he underperformed. He, he mm-hmm. actually underperformed worse mm-hmm. than many of the other Senate candidates that were bad candidates. Right. But he, you know, he was able to win. But, but he won. But he won. He and got that's the all that matters. Right. He won. You know, but- and, 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 you know, so there was something that he got across. Look, I'd have to go into Ohio. Look at the. <laughs> you would have to take a poll that nobody is going to take because it would be way too expensive and talk to the people of Ohio as to, as to why uh, that was the case. Um, and, and there, you know, again, there, there's also times when you can strike. The iron is hot, and then boom, you go, and then it 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 clicks. It happens. Some people have uh, actually gotten into office that way, but I think for me, and I think for millions of people like me, the candidate has to earn it. You're gonna have to earn it. You've got to build yourself as a candidate based on conviction well you You should be able to here's the thing about not being able to message is that if you can't message it tells me you don't have conviction because you should be you know screaming from the highest mountain you should be passionate about what you believe and you should be able to get it across right Uh, when you get to walker though he had problems articulating ideas to begin with but if you're passionate, those basic ideas, anybody can articulate. Well, That's my couldn't. problem. He couldn't. That's exactly my point. He can't. He didn't sell it. No. He didn't sound like he had conviction. No. And you have to. And and so now you have the uh, the Democrats with, uh, with, 50, with 51. There will be, uh, because of this, now it's over. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch what happens in the Republican Party. Look, these we said this months and months and months and months ago. You want to win, you stick to those four or five issues and you pound them. 866-90-RED-EYE. Electrical systems are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Keep an eye out for the warning signs that may indicate your electrical system needs attention to help avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. The most obvious sign that a battery-related issue is present is if your truck has trouble cranking at the proper speed. If you experience any sluggishness when starting your engine, get a full electrical system check from a trusted service provider. Continuing to crank a vehicle with low or inadequate voltage will damage the starter and can lead to downtime and costly repairs. This report is a service of Shell Rotella. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, uh, Red Eye. By the way, you were very clear uh, a couple of moments ago when you said candidates have to earn it. You said specifically cons- when you're talking about conservatives and Republicans. Yeah, yeah, you, you yeah, can look. I made yeah, the point. You, you can look. You can look at Democrats and you can say 
you know, that uh, Democrats didn't have to earn it, you, you know, with, with, whether it was Biden hiding or whatever. Or Obama but, coming out of seemingly nowhere. Right. But, in the, but if you talk about yeah. recently, mm-hmm. uh, that's the Trump factor. Yep. Yeah. The Trump factor hurt all of those candidates. Yep. Whether yep. you like it, if you're not willing to admit it, that's fine. And but, it's, but without question, when you have the economy that you have, inflation that you have, the only factor for those senators that made them way underperform the Repub- other Republicans in their state was a Trump endorsement. Mm-hmm. That's why they could hide. Yep. On the web at RedEyeRadioShow.com and on your radio nightly, Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, uh, so, uh, you know, here we go. And what what is the Republican Party going to, uh, to, uh, to do now? I mean, when you look at uh, who's going to be the head of the RNC, uh, you know, heads have to roll. Do they have the, you know, I've seen a couple of candidates. Uh, do they have the right candidates? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, don't I don't know until you get in there and uh, and perform uh, uh, correctly. But there is a model that exists out there that will succeed. Yeah. And we know what that model is. Mm-hmm. It's the DeSantis model. It is being, being highly competent being able to debate and argue and destroy the left every time on the important issues of the day. Take on the media on the fly. Right. Take the media on the fly and be right every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those and, are, you know, those are the qualities you look for in a candidate. Because if you don't see them, that's the problem. If It's just nature. You know, I mean, we naturally look to someone who's, you know, wants us to vote for them. And if they don't, if they don't demonstrate that, then they don't come off as somebody who is knowledgeable, passionate, a person of conviction. I mean, Ron DeSantis has those qualities and he had the experience of, of being the governor as an incumbent. He could demonstrate that he could do the job, but all that goes together. All that works together. There's a reason he's a good governor. Which is the same reason that makes him a good candidate. And he sticks to those four or five issues, maybe six, and doesn't get sidetracked. Right. Everything is about business. You look at DeSantis and you say, this guy wants to accomplish things. This guy's not a pot. Don't get into these stupid little fights with, right. with, with, with other people. And absolutely don't start. The stupid little fights. Yeah. It's the, it is never been easier to defeat the left on the issues. Do it. Don't get sidetracked. Everybody can have their opinion on it. You know, we've got response. Well, there's been other bad candidates. 
and they lost. And they lost. You know, on, on the on, on the Republican side. But here's the thing: who won big? Who surprised everyone completely with the the domination of an election? And who way underperformed? Right. I mean, Florida was a red tsunami. Yeah. And you look at it, too, about what DeSantis has done, not just on Election Day and, and, and how that went. But think about this. He's one of few conservatives, if any, who in recent years has taken on a massive corporation, not just a massive corporation, but, and by the way, he didn't take them on. They took him on. But he won. With Disney, he won on so many levels. Because he had the work behind him. It was, as we said, a battle with the parents. Why would you want to go to battle with the parents? The governor was just doing the will of the parents. The legislative body was doing the will of the parents on the parental rights bill. That's what that was. And there are a few Republicans that get a win these days with so many woke companies out there, but it was a number of wins with Disney ending with their CEO being gone. And he won on COVID. And he won on COVID. These are these are things that are, you know, that you have to consider because there are so many, and, and I, I think, you know, a number of Republican governors have won the back and forth. But man, DeSantis nailed it. He crushed it. And the reason is, is because he was doing the work. He was doing the job. He was on point. He was communicating effectively. He was working for his constituents. That's what people want to see. They want to see, and if, you, if you're not an incumbent, and you're running for office, they want to see in that conviction on your face. They want to see you and how you go uh, do the back and forth, uh, how you might go through an interview or a debate. All of these things are important. You've got to be on point every day because it shows that you believe what you, be- what you say you believe. Those are the things. Those are the things that matter in American politics. And, and you know, I, was, I, I saw so much, you probably saw it too, throughout the day, but especially into the evening, about, well, you know, there's not a, you know, there's there's a lack of voter confidence or lack of confidence in the system. And, and look, mail-in voting, we've had that discussion. We're with you. But the ultimate question, you know, inevitably becomes, you know, what do you do about it? What do you, how do we put people in that are going to do the right thing and be effective? It can be done. As you mentioned, it's the DeSantis model. And they have to behave like a public servant. You have to show that you're willing to go to work and this is what you want to do. And you're going to serve your constituency, not just your base, 
your constituents. Now, and you could say you could look at the, the DeWine in Ohio, too, and say, you know, yeah. could, and, and uh, again, he won by 25 points. Mm-hmm. So Republicans can win. Sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Republicans can win. And DeSantis, as we saw, you know, it was just surprising because of how little he won the, you know, his first race, which was by a minuscule number of, of votes. And then to have a domination where when I believe his final was 19 points, something like that, mm-hmm. that's unheard of in, yeah. in, in Florida. Right. And so you have to ask yourself, you've got it. You've got to let the emotion go. And you have to say, you have to look at the cold, hard reality and say, what wins elections? Right. And you have to sometimes look and say, well, the past is done. Yeah. Right. The past is done. You, the only thing we can do is look to the future. How do we win in the future? And as I've said, you know, you look at it, I mean, nobody complained about Texas voting. We have early voting. Right. You know, nobody complained about, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the voting in, uh, in, uh, in, in Florida. Right. The only people still complaining about Georgia would be the, Dem- would be the Democrats, even though they won. <laughs> yeah. In, 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 in this one. But that's just, that's fallen by the wayside mm-hmm. because they lied about what was go, what, you know, what uh, was going on in Georgia. Yeah. We are against mail-in voting. Right. You know, except, you know, under extenuate, you know, there are certain circumstances when you should be able to do it. But it should be very, very limited. We've always been against mail-in voting. We believe you should go to the polls and do it. Why? Because when you go to the polls, uh, you're there, you watch it happen, you get that sheet of paper, you see who you voted for, you say, yep, that's it, you put it into the machine, and that's what's recorded. You limit the chain of yeah. custody of that ballot. Right. Period. And, and so we're all for it, but we know that states control, states and, and localities control how the voting goes. Yep. The federal government can. So, for these Senate candidates that were endorsed by Trump in the primaries to scream, whether they, you know, whether they believe it or not, you know, stolen election, stolen election, stolen election. There's nothing they could have done as senators anyway, if they, if they won. Right. Nothing they could. And if you lose, there's nothing you can do if you lose at the state level to change the system in your state. If you lose. Right, I but mean, if it's you, not going it, to change the if outcome. If you right. want to go to work after that, and with the with your party uh, to change the rule, but you know that's always an uphill battle. That can be done, but it's not going to change the outcome of of the election. You know, exactly. and it's, and and those are the things that I know are frustrating to people it, because everybody is right. It should not take days and days and days and days and days. No, it shouldn't. To count votes. No. That's stupid. Yeah. And, the it, people, and, and it completely erodes confidence in elections. Yep. And, and the people of those states need to take that action. They need to fix it. And I think there needs to be more clamping down if we ever have another emergency. Wait a minute. We're still in the emergency, aren't we? The COVID emergency, according to Biden. Even though we were out of it, now we're back into it. Right. There, there, there needs to be more clamping down on the governor's abilities during emergencies when it comes to elections. In fact, I don't think when it comes to elections, uh, they should be able to change election law in any way. In a state. Right, right. If there's, if there's an emergency. At that point, the legislature can get together and do a quick, uh, do a quick thing to extend it. But, uh, and that's, that's how we think. But we're not for mail-in voting. No. Anything that takes the chain of custody away from you is bad. It 
even even if you make the claim, but it's even if you make the claim, but it's ninety seven point five percent accurate. I'm just throwing out that number for the mm-hmm. Even if you say it's it's perfect, if the perception is that it can get out of you know your your you know your chain, you don't have it, you don't see it. Yeah, you send it out, and somebody else has custody of your ballot. Well, then the perception is that fraud can be rampant, whether it is or not. And perception in an election is that's reality. That's that's it. That's but, what it comes down you, to. You know, it's we agree with the concern for fraud. I mean, that's that's the whole point. But you're what you're doing is you're killing voter confidence. Yeah. And it doesn't work for either party. You know, the, the I know the idea of. You know, creating a, a a huge gap that is ripe for fraud, and and how the left seemingly doesn't want to fix that, but ultimately, it doesn't. When you talk about eroding voter confidence, that doesn't work for either party. And so, but the bottom line is, if you don't win, you can't change anything. And politics is about understanding where the public is at a particular moment. And the frustrating part for you and I has been over the last few years with overwhelming numbers disagreeing with the Democrats. Think about this. You have uh, Warnock, who won yeah. in in uh, in Georgia, mm-hmm. is one of the most radical politicians in America, the people of Georgia, even the ones that vote for him, voted for him. Half of half of the people that voted for him disagree with where he stands on the issues. Yeah. But they yeah. but they look at it and rightly or wrongly, they look at it and they say, but we can't put this guy in because he represents this and we just can't have that. Rightly or wrongly, if you don't recognize it, you lose. Yeah. It's over. And so what do you do? You say, well, I'm going to stick to the four or five issues that are important uh, because there's nothing I can do about that anyway at my level in the federal government, and I win. Yeah. It's going to require work. Right. Then I, that, you know, then I win. And on the state level, that's where you have to change those things. Yep. And it can work probably better. And on the state level, you probably can win, especially if there were improprieties in your particular county. Yeah. That can get you the win. On the federal yeah. level, it's not going to get you. We know it's not going to get you the win. Right. So where does the Republican Party go from here? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. We see where they're going already. We see where the Republicans are slowly going, and that's looking and saying, okay, our mistakes are we put a ton of candidates who run in the primaries mm. on the stolen election. And they got Trump's endorsement. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, it's going to drive some people crazy. Trump's endorsement hurt. Yeah, it did. 86690 Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 
uh, red eye. So, you know, you look at this and uh, you look at 2024 and there are a number of Senate seats that could could make it so the Republicans get the Senate back. And and so it's I think it's obvious. uh, It's obvious to me. I don't know if it's obvious to the Republican Party or the RNC why they lost. Uh, Mm -hmm. You and I said way, way back months 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 ago that we had the wrong candidates for the senate yeah and you have great possibility of not winning because these candidates were not focused on what they should be focused uh i hate to say this but and i really do hate to say this we were right because i look at this particular senate now 5149 and there is a potential where they would have enough votes to pack the supreme court yeah. And with the leadership that you have now, the, the minority leadership in the mm-hmm. House from the Democrats mm-hmm. and the lot of the senior leaders leaving, this is a more radical Democratic Party than we had just a few months ago. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thank you for being here. I was going to say sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt the CBS has not called the Georgia run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Too close to call. I'm just joking. That's, yes. a, that's a joke on CBS. That, that, that. Finally getting around to the Hunter laptop story after all this time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, download our Red Eye Radio app today. If you can't listen overnight, you can listen when and where you want mm-hmm. on your smartphone. Uh, Elon Musk has fired Twitter's Deputy General Counsel James Baker over his alleged suppression of internal documents mm. about blocking the post-Hunter Biden laptop uh, expose in light of concerns about Baker's possible role in suppression of information important to the public dialogue. He was exiled from Twitter today, Musk tweeted. Musk added that... Exited, yeah. What did I say? Exiled. He might also be exiled, but he was exited. Oh. Everybody's using... That word is now trending. What? Exited. Ex- well, yeah. it, and it says exited. I just, I don't know yeah. why I just read yeah. it. Ex- it, I, yeah. it no, the, I, I first read it yeah. uh, last night as exited, as exited yeah. or, or exiled. He was, and he, he, he might was, also he was, be exiled. Well, he was fine. <laughs> uh, uh, Musk added that he uh, questioned uh, Baker before his firing mm-hmm. about the events surrounding the laptop suppression scandal and that the lawyer's explanation was unconvincing. I want to go here before we go any further. Uh, uh, Miranda Devine from the New York Post was on uh, Tucker Carlson last night. Yeah. And uh, the the reason I, we want to defer to her is the fact that she wrote the book Laptop from Hell. Yeah. There probably isn't anybody who has researched what has happened here more than her. And as, you know, uh, we have stated, 
you know, the FBI's role, because one of the things that everybody that the left jumped on was, well, they're, they're saying there's uh, uh, infringement of freedom of speech, infringement of freedom of speech. Mm. There's none. Uh, Biden uh, wasn't a wasn't president and the DNC isn't a, uh, a, 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 you know, isn't a government agency. And we went, yeah, but we didn't say that. Yeah. You're 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 saying that. Right. We're not saying that our concern is the FBI's involvement in it. And our concern uh, is the fact that the FBI had the laptop 10 months before and the FBI is then comes in and tells Twitter, you know, you can expect some hack material and it may be about Hunter Biden. Well, everything that came from that came from the laptop. And uh, as Miranda Devine wrote the other day, she said her concern is and connecting the dots, she said uh, the FBI had a warrant. Uh, had a, um, oh, I can't think of the name of the warrant here. Um, but a they, covert warrant. Covert warrant, yes. Mm-hmm. It was a, I had a covert warrant uh, on Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. They were investigating him. Right. I remember he broke the story. Yeah. He's the one that really was responsible for breaking. Well, that's because he was in contact with the computer store owner. And he was also in contact with Miranda Devine. They were emailing back and forth. Mm-hmm. She believes that's how the FBI knew when they were going to release the story, that it was going to be in October. And so the FBI then went to Twitter and told them to expect something. And her point is they knew the information coming out was legit because they had the laptop mm-hmm. here she is talking about it uh last night on uh fox news about uh the and and it's really interesting because what was happening was uh taibi and uh barry weiss the uh the other the journalist former new york times they were going through all of this and right. they were saying this is taking too long this is just not something is just wrong here we're not getting anything and then miranda devine when it all came out, said and even said, you know, uh, well, we believe, you know, it has to be that Elon Musk mu- must be hiding the stuff about the FBI. Where's the FBI stuff? Why isn't that out? Why is that missing? Well, as he said, he didn't know until Saturday, uh, you know, any of this. I don't even know if he this knew- is part of the reason for the delay. Uh, Matt Taibbi yes. was was tweeting about that, saying, look, part of the reason for the delay in the other part that was of, of the Twitter files that was promised over the weekend is this, yeah, what they exactly. found out about Jim Baker. So let's play part of uh, uh, Miranda Devine on Fox News last night. Oh, oops, sorry, we'll try it again here. Here we go. So the FBI, we knew, had pre-bunked uh, to the social media uh, platforms our story. Before it came out, they told them to expect a... Uh, pile of Russian disinformation and Twitter was told by the FBI, we know from Yoel Roth, to expect that it uh, would be in October and would probably refer to Hunter Biden. So we knew that there had to be something about that at Twitter. And yet there wasn't in the Twitter files. And it was pretty obvious 
who was suppressing that information, who was the person with the biggest motive. It was Twitter's top lawyer, James Baker, who, as you just said, had been the top lawyer at the FBI, the quarterback of the uh, FBI-Russia collusion uh, scandal. Um, And he had had to leave the FBI because of that. And lo and behold, he shows up at Twitter five months before the 2020 election. And lo and behold, one little element did come out in the Twitter files Friday night. It was this one email uh, that had the date and time removed from it very peculiarly. But it was from James Baker and it was uh, weighing in on the decision on the morning of October 14, 2020, a few hours after our story uh, came out. Um, and there was James Baker weighing in on the side of censorship. No surprise. There you have it. And remember, this is the James Baker that was involved in the whole FISA warrant. Yeah, right. Uh, he was also, James Baker is the one that Michael Sussman went to, uh, as you remember. Yes. To, you know, he, he was, he was, at the FBI, he was right. a lawyer at the FBI. Michael Sussman went to him. You're sitting there, you just shake your head because you're like, it. it's almost like, was this designed? No, I mean, I mean how do you, how do you end up? I mean, I can see if you're a lawyer for the FBI, I can see you ending up uh, in the FISA warrant thing and the Michael Sussman thing. I can see that. Yeah. How, Sus- do, you, how do you end up as chief counsel yeah. at Twitter? Right. And the the you know, and also the the chief person at Twitter, and then you're trying to squash the Hunter Biden story. I mean, it's just when you think about. All this is going to do is energize Republicans right now in the House. Well, this is Every, this is it. I mean, my, my question would be, who's the general counsel and and uh, chief counsel at Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Hillary did. Uh, was it uh, was it Hillary or Bill that got their uh, uh, license to practice law again? like returned uh but uh, uh just i my question really is what else was going on while jim baker was at twitter what why was he there i mean what was exactly what was he doing what was he in charge of you know when because you know uh matt taibbi says you know the question was asked jim jim who baker let me let me read this to you from the new york post we cannot tell you that part of the reason why on tuesday twitter deputy general counsel and former fbi general counsel jim baker was fired among the reasons vetting the first batch of twitter files without knowledge of new management taibi added Taibbi further revealed that former Wall Street Journal and New York Times writer Barry Weiss is also involved in reviewing the social media giant's internal documents related to the post-Hunter Biden story and that it was her who discovered Baker's involvement, which Musk was unaware of, according to Taibbi. The process for producing the Twitter files involved delivery to two journalists uh, via a lawyer close to new management. However, after the initial batch, Things became complicated, Taibbi said. He added that uh, Weiss discovered that the person in charge of releasing the files was someone named Jim. When she called to ask Jim's last name, the answer came back, 
Jim Baker. Uh, Taibbi uh, added in a tweet, my jaw hit the floor, said Barry Weiss. Yeah. He said the first batch of files, both reporters and received, uh, was Mark Spectra Baker emails. Baker is a controversial figure. Taibbi wrote he uh, has been uh, uh, involved in the FBI controversies dating back to 2016, from the Steele dossier to the Alpha server mess. He resigned in 2018 after an investigation into leaks into the press. The news that Baker was reviewing the Twitter files surprised everyone involved, to say the least. New Twitter chief Elon Musk uh, acted quickly to exit Baker, Taibbi tweeted. Mm-hmm. And as he said, you know, he goes, I didn't know this. I, yeah, I didn't know. And, and you know, and but that's the whole point. It does become a freedom of speech issue with the FBI involvement in it. And right. now the questions about the FBI and. And it's as simple. They had the laptop in December of 19. Yeah. This was October of 20. Mm-hmm. And they're telling the FBI is telling Twitter to expect Russia, you know, possible Russian disinformation. And it was about Hunter Biden. And what Miranda Devine is saying is, <laughs> well, I don't want I don't want to put words into her mouth, but <laughs> when you connect the dots, <laughs> the allegation would be they knew that what was coming out was true. And they didn't want Twitter to run it. This is the FBI. Yeah, right. And so they made something up completely that it was Russia disinformation on Hunter Biden. And they had the laptop. And they knew what was on the laptop was genuine. That's the allegation. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the real that's the real big problem. There's other problems too because uh, you know the whole thing of what it leads to and influence peddling, but on the Twitter story itself on the suppression and censoring uh the Twitter at that point becomes de facto state media. Well, and and again, you know, Baker being in that position at Twitter reeks of the FBI having a hand up really no, you're like right, a though. like a, right. an office at Twitter. Yeah. No, you're right. You're you're right because the relationship between the FBI telling them and knowing that the chief counsel for Twitter is one of their own who has been involved in shenanigans already yeah. concerning Trump-Russia, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. Right. Wow. I mean, that's what it looks like. They just gave the FBI an office at, at Twitter. Yep. I mean, this is going to set the 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 house. Oh, yeah. The house is just... I, you, I think this... The, the, it, it was bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can take... This is like... A forest fire going, and the uh, all, all of a sudden, those big planes that normally have the the flame retardant are loaded with gasoline, gasoline and dropping gasoline yeah. on a forest fire. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what this is. And and the uh, man, the number of questions you and I in our pre-show meeting. It's like, I mean, seriously, how does that happen? Well, it happens when a narrative needs to be formed or another opposing narrative needs to be crushed. And by the way, it wasn't just a narrative. 
the Hunter Biden story was real. So you need to work harder to crush it. Yeah, well, that's the other thing, too. Now, uh, now we know it was all real. Oh, no, it was right. absolutely real. I'm begging. I'm begging somebody. Find out which uh, link to the FBI is is uh, chief counsel over at Facebook. I'd love to see their <laughs> roster. <laughs> no, it's, that's a great question. 86690 Red Eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at JJ Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on winter weather driving. Because they are removing snow and applying sand, salt, or other road treatments, snow plows travel at a slower rate of speed than other vehicles. All drivers should maintain a safe following distance of at least five to six car lengths behind a snowplow. This will help you avoid collisions as well as potential vehicle damage from the materials being thrown on the road. Don't pass a plow unless you absolutely have to, and never drive into the snow cloud. If you do have to pass a snow plow, do it in a safe and legal passing area that is clear of snow and ice. Make sure there's enough clearance to the side as plows are wider than most vehicles and portions of the plow and blade may not be visible due to blowing snow. If you encounter a snowplow approaching from the opposite direction along an undivided highway, pull as far over to the right side as is safe. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. This report is brought to you by Pilot Flying J and by Shell Rotella. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. The president out uh, yesterday talking about mm. that technology and, uh, and uh, new plans for chips. And today, TSMC has announced a second major investment. It will construct a second fab here in Phoenix to build chips, the three nano chips, the three nano chip, chips that are three nano. And he- He probably thinks nano chips are a snack. <laughs> you have the sour cream and onion. Oh God, just nano just, chips. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. I just had to play that. Uh, I, I I need I need to be entertained a little bit. <laughs> That's I, uh, yeah. But, but re- do do they need a a bigger prompter? You know, here's here's the ironic thing. His spokesperson thumbs through a massive book. Of answers every time she has to answer. Can you not get this guy a, a bigger prompter or his own book of answers? You know, I mean, if, he, if he's delivering a speech and, and then, you know, they all do it. You're you're reading off a, a prompter. I don't know what you do. Maybe that's not the problem. Maybe that's not the fix. It's the nano net chips and nano my. You know, my nano used to make chips. She was a good chip maker. I, my na- I, I loved my nano. Yeah, no, he had, it just he has no idea what's going on. It, it's you know, <laughs> we we talked earlier about how the left can get away with it. Well, this and and they do, but it's I mean, seriously, you scratch your head at something like this. 
I you're it's yeah it's on the economy but it's 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 a it's a ribbon cutting kind of thing you know mm-hmm. yeah exactly you should yeah. be able to ace this right wow wow all right we may have to play that again later yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, we will. You know, I, I, I was been been looking uh, at uh, see if I could find any more editorials. We had that editorial yesterday mm-hmm. from Salon dot com on on uh, that uh, the whole Hunter Biden thing is about you know sex, mm-hmm. which is just we tore the article yeah. apart. What, what was uh, what was the name? Uh, Dingbat. <laughs> Ding, was I can't Dingby was the I'm sorry Dingby was the right uh, name. Digby Digby yes Digby Dilbert. Uh, yes, and and it was. I mean, it was so, something. It was, like that. it was something that would have been written by, well, I don't know, someone with no uh, critical thinking skills whatsoever. A child, as to yeah, a child, as to uh, analyze what's going on. And I really, there's, I'm, I've been looking, I can't find, and I really wonder if there'll be any more op-ed pieces or editorials on what the Hunter Biden laptops, especially after yesterday with Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, you know, with with yeah. James Baker, yeah, and the FBI, because mm. I don't see any. I'm going through real clear politics. I can't find anything here yet. Mm. Join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. You know, I was just talking about the fact that I've been looking for editorials on the whole Twitter thing. And yeah, we mentioned right. the salon.com by, uh, who was it, uh, Dig, Digby. I yeah. Somehow mispronounced her name. Uh, uh, I, that, yeah, uh, it happens sometimes. Uh, uh, before. Hmm. But I just want to read you. This, this is before... We found out about the whole James Baker thing. Mm-hmm. And this is Jonathan Turley. So people understand he's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. and But he's intellectually honest. Mm-hmm. And as he wrote, in the aftermath of the release of the Twitter files, the media and political establishment appeared to be taking a lesson from Karl Marx, who said history repeats itself first as tragedy, second as farce. The censoring of the Hunter Biden scandal before the 2020 election by Twitter and others was a tragedy for our democratic system. The tragedy was not in its potential impact on a close election, but the massive and largely successful effort to bury a story to protect the Biden campaign. It has now ended in farce as the same censorship apologist struggled to excuse the implications of this major story. Now, in his analysis, what the tragedy is, there would be people that would disagree with that statement. <laughs> yeah, where he right. said it was not in its potential impact on a close election. Of course it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was both. Uh, the Twitter files confirmed that Twitter never had any evidence of a Russian disinformation campaign or hacking as the basis for its decision to censor the New York Post story. Indeed, some at Twitter expressed concern over preventing the sharing of the story. Uh, former Twitter vice president of global communications, Brandon Borman, asked if the company could, quote, truthfully claim that this is part of the policy, end of quote, for barring posts and suspending users. 
those voices were few and quickly shouted down as the company barred the sharing of the story, including evidence of a multi-million dollar influence peddling scheme by the Biden family. The back-channel communications between the Biden campaign and Democratic operatives show a willing use of a company to suppress political discussion of the scandal before the election. It was all hands on deck. Uh, it was an all hands on deck moment for the media, and Twitter was eager to lend a hand. Over a year ago, I discussed how the brilliance of the Biden campaign was to get the media to become invested in the suppression of the story. After two years, major media finally but reluctantly admitted that the laptop was authentic, as well as the emails detailing massive transfers of money from foreign interest, including some with foreign intelligence links. Many have responded by shrugging that influence peddling is not necessarily a crime, ignoring that it is still a massive corruption story with serious national security concerns. After all, are you ready for this? All right. As Heather Digby Parton argued in Salon on December 5th, there is nothing there other than a man making money by trading in on his family name. After the release of the Twitter files, many of these same figures have shifted to excuse the censorship done at the request of the Biden campaign or Democratic operatives. Or the FBI. Uh, for some of us <laughs> yeah. who have come from, now I, I want everybody to understand, I said it once when I started reading this, uh, he wrote this before the James before Baker the Baker story thing fell out. Yeah. For some of us who come from long-standing liberal Democratic parties, or excuse me, families, so there you go right there, so people understand where he is coming from. For some of us who come from long-standing liberal Democratic families, it has been chilling to see the Democratic Party embrace censorship and denounce free speech, including organizing foreign and corporate interest to prevent Musk from restoring free speech protection. Beyond personally attacking Elon Musk and Matt Taibbi, many have resorted to two claims that are being widely repeated in the media to avoid discussing the coordinated censorship efforts between his company and Democratic operatives. One of the old saws of censorship apologists is that without a government directing the suppression of free speech, it is not censorship. This is clearly untrue. Many groups like the ACLU stress that censorship can be carried out by the government as well as private pressure groups. These same figures insist that if there is not a violation of the First Amendment, which only applies to the government, there is no free speech violation. The First Amendment was never the exclusive definition of free speech. Free speech is viewed by many of us as a human right. The First Amendment only deals with one source for limiting it. Free speech can be undermined by private corporations as well as government agencies. Corporations clearly have free speech rights. Ironically, Democrats have long opposed such rights for companies, but they embrace such rights when it comes to censorship. Wow. It is worth noting that this censorship and these back channels continued after the Biden campaign 
became the Biden administration, a classic example of censorship by surrogate. And that's government censorship Mm -hmm. by surrogate. Moreover, some of the pressure was coming from Democratic senators and House members to silence critics and bury the Hunter Biden influence peddling scandal. To his credit, Democratic Representative Ro Khanna, who we mentioned yesterday of California, reached out to Twitter's leading censor and tried to get the company to reconsider this action, even though he identified himself as a total Biden partisan. He noted that this seems to be a violation of First Amendment principles. That came from the Democrat there. It is a violation of free speech principles, and Khanna was one of the few, I I believe the only, I'm saying it, on the left, unwilling to discard those principles for politics in this controversy. Another claim is that this was not an effort to censor the story, but merely to block vulgar images that Hunter took of himself having sex with prostitutes or exposing himself. This claim adds the specter of propaganda to that of censorship. As the Twitter files reveal, Twitter officials discuss whether the whole story might be Russia disinformation or hacking. Former uh, Deputy uh, FBI General Counsel Jim Baker, who was hired by Twitter after the Russia collusion scandal, is all about supporting others from sharing the story because caution is warranted. Now, again, this was before he got fired. Be interesting to see what uh, Turley says about uh, that. Even at the time of the suppression, it was clear that many on the left, uh, that to many on the left, that the move was being justified by the false claim of a hack. And then he goes on, but just interesting to show what, uh, you know, uh, you know, Turley analyzing this. And he's basically right. He goes, this isn't going to go away. Yeah. said, no, it's, no, this is, this feels like, it's exactly how you described it. This feels like a forest fire that they just dumped a massive amount of gasoline on. And it's interesting because one of the few editorials written about this was, was Digby. And, yeah. he, and, he, and he says again, he goes, as stated in Salon, mostly that the Hunter Biden laptop scandal is about the dirty pictures. If the scandal is about the dirty pictures, it's not about dirty politics or influence peddling. It is also not about censorship. End of discussion. There is no story. <laughs> and that, which is a great point, the way that he puts it. The effort to dismiss these disclosures will not work any more than earlier efforts to suppress the story itself. We are still expecting more files to be relieved, uh, released. However, the House is expected to investigate the use of these companies to carry out censorship for Democratic uh, allies. This investigation is important because there is always the risk that Twitter officials who were long aware of the threat of such inquiries may have avoided or even destroyed written communications. Increasingly, indeed, the increasingly shrill course that there is nothing to see here may only prompt a closer look from skeptical citizens after all nothing draws a crowd as much as a farce so jonathan i just wanted to read that because and again we (laughs) you haven't factored in the whole jim baker thing here to this no you know thing but but or or the fbi's part in it that miranda divine right has pointed out because of what she believes happened in this entire case with the fbi that isn't included in this. Well, and 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 that's the thing, you know. Uh, a Digby can do whatever it is that Digby does. That's that's fine, but the fact of the matter is, you're standing in front of that massive 
forest fire as those helicopters are dropping tanks full of gasoline on it and saying nothing to see here. There's nothing to see here. Somebody has a campfire over here and that's all that's going on. And the GOP is making a forest fire out of a campfire. That's the gasoline portion of the whole Jim Baker fallout thing just drops onto the massive flames. I it's you know you're you're going out of your way to be ignorant and I don't know why you would do that. Because you're a political as we've said you're a political activist, you're not a journalist. It's just you don't care if you're proven wrong. There is no shame if you're proven wrong. You just go to the next piece of propaganda. Well, you know, and but what happened to the the time when they tried to be an intellectual? <laughs> maybe it, maybe it's just the fact that they never were. No, they never were. But no. but here they demonstrate that they never are. You know what they used to do is talk like uh, George Clooney. You know, George Clooney's one of these guys in an interview who just, you know, they'll ask him about politics in America and he'll just ramble and you'll go, I have no idea what he just said. Oh, he sounds and, intelligent. Yeah, no, well, what did he say? That's the yeah. thing. He, yeah. He's got the image. I've, we've always said yeah. this about Clooney. He puts out this aura that he knows what he's talking exactly. about. But when you actually listen to him, you realize it's devoid of any type exactly. of specifics exactly. or clarity. And and. And now, I, I mean, you know, dig me making the point. Republicans just want to make Joe Biden cry. Yeah, that was my point. Oh, my gosh. I mean, seriously, I'm not going to tell you to grow up because I don't think it's possible. You're a child. Don't grow up. Just be a child. And the, as we said, the White House, you know, basically nothing to see here. Well, this is old news. This is old. <laughs> this thing is smaller than a nano chip. <laughs> it's not a big yeah, deal at it's, all it's um it's it's not it's not going to go away because it is about influence peddling and they have to stay and and, and i'm glad that turley picked up on the same thing in the article that we did because when i saw turley i went yeah. okay he yeah. searched he found the only article that we could find that actually tried to address it from the leftist point of view and did a poor <laughs> P job of of doing it, <laughs> yeah. Because it was it was so horrible. But he picked up on it too. Where all all Biden was doing was you know making uh, money off his family name, just like Trump. Yeah, I mean it was just like what? Yeah, no, he was doing it with foreign governments getting money from foreign governments, right? With the hope that they could influence him. Because influence peddling is what? It's an attempted bribe. Yep. It's it, it's an attempted bribe. It is to get access so you will do their bidding. And that's why they can't touch it. That's why as... Who said it? Who said that we don't know what to do with the... Uh, Jeffrey Tubin. Oh, Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Before... Well, before the other stuff. Uh, we don't know what to do with the Hunter Biden story. I'll never forget that night when he said that. And you and I said, well, you just, you cover it. You, you, you go uh, to what work do you mean? You don't know what to do with it. Well, you don't know what to do with it because what you're saying is this is so damning. Yeah. We don't know how to, we yeah. don't know how to cover this up. We, we don't know how to ignore it. We can't spin we this. And that's exactly what he was saying. Yep. 
Because if it was Eric Trump's laptop, they would have no problem. It would have, it would have been over by the time he Jeffrey Tubin even had that thought. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at eight six six ninety Red Eye. Friday Radio, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. And I guess uh, Representative James Comer uh, also said yesterday that uh, that uh, James Baker will be called to testify. Oh, yeah, no, that's a given. That's a given. Uh, also, uh, it it uh, it came out, and it, that, in fact, uh, I think it was Fauci himself that talked about it. His daughter worked at Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. As someone tweeted, of course she did. Yes, I I saw that. I of don't know who course. it was. I was yeah. reading the same thing. It was like, well, duh, of course yeah. she did. I mean, it's of like, it's course like, she did. Anything we what, what? <laughs> I mean, I, my thought is there's probably an office that Dr. Fauci himself has at Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> we're going to find, you know, we're going to find out all these things, you know, they're, oh, look at the huge campus, you know, Google, they've got all these offices. Is that say FBI on the door? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 never mind that. Is that Fauci? Yeah, of course it is. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690 Red Eye. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and you can listen when you choose if you can't listen overnight live. All right, so here I'm just uh, reading. Uh, I, I was actually looking at another story, and this was the, the Loudoun County uh, schools that they failed at every single juncture in the transgender bathroom rape case. Remember, that's what kicked every all of this off. Yeah. Right. Every single juncture. This is from the grand jury. This is the grand jury report that came out and said that they wouldn't cooperate with the grand jury. Hmm. And we'll get to that here in a moment here, because just how embedded is this, is this insanity into these school districts, you know, where yeah. they won't cooperate even with yeah. the grand jury anymore. Right. We'll get to that. But uh, as I was just going through, because Breitbart had the story on it, I looked at another headline. And I went, OK, let's first hit this one and get to that later, because we've been on the whole Hunter Biden thing. And this is about uh, this article about uh, Cory Booker and uh, was was on with uh, Wolf Blitzer. Uh, and he said, uh, Wolf Blitzer said, you said in the past, Senator, you would support a 2024 run for President Biden. Given where things stand now, do you still feel that way? Oh, I strongly, very strongly, if the president makes a decision to run, I don't think we can point to any president, maybe going back to LBJ, that a president has had 
uh, as much of a successful two years. (laughs) I'll say that again. Oh, very strongly, if the president makes a decision to run, I don't think we can point to any president, maybe going back to LBJ, that a president has had as much of a successful two years. Because in my mind, what I did is, first of all, separated by party. I thought, okay, think of the Democrat presidents, and if that applies, by the way, way to throw Obama under the proverbial bus. (laughs) Nice job there, Mr. Booker. Nice job, Spartacus. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about the Spartacus thing. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. uh, But, uh, yeah... Okay, fine. He sounds a lot like Charlie Crist. Oh, oh yeah. Of course. Well, the thing is, Wolf was, I, I believe Wolf was implying, hmm. uh, and I get to say this because I graduated from the same high school that Wolf Blitzer did. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that gives you whatever it is it gives you it sounded good <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah yeah but uh he i think it was indicating because all the stuff of the laptop because mm. he knows the media knows yeah, yeah. they know this is coming down and he goes so what's your biggest concern then well you know i think my biggest concern is we've had a constructed bipartisan congress a lot of things have uh, gotten done uh and done together so i'm really worried about the house of representatives and listening listening closely to what they say what they're talking about is not their their idea to deal with inflation or helping working families. I'm worried that their focus is much more attacking President Biden, going after his son, and doing crazy things that are not going to be productive and constructive to what Americans need right now. So I just wondered, I read that just because I wonder what the narrative is going to be yeah. from Democrats once they start going after it. Because you have to ignore, the, and Turley's right, you can't ignore influence peddling. You know, I said this before the, uh, earlier in the show. Uh, the the um, the uh, whole Trump organization and you know being found guilty, mm-hmm. yeah, of uh, basically uh, would it be was it fraud, um, tax fraud, okay, yeah, and and this is and and even though uh, uh, it's Weisenberg who is the the guy who's actually pleaded guilty. Uh, you know, uh, to this said, look, the family didn't know anything. They didn't know anything of what was going on, right. which means they were rewarding. They were rewarding. Um, uh, they were they were giving things that weren't cash, and not reporting it. Right. That's basically what it was. And and so you can sit there and you can say, okay, the by the the Trump family didn't know about it. Trump <clears throat> called it a witch hunt. The 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 problem with that is is. If that stood alone, maybe you could say, okay, Trump didn't know about it. That's fine. But but when you look at all the succession of things just in the last couple of weeks, you know, that, you know, he's the uh, the uh, meeting with, uh, you know, Kanye West mm-hmm. and then him coming out and, and uh, talking about, you know, the whole Constitution and then, you know, changing his mind a day later than this. Every single day there's something coming out where you're just like, stop it, stop it, stop it. But one thing Americans hate. There are a couple things Americans hate in politicians almost universally if they don't pay their taxes. Mm-hmm. And this is what's going to be because of all the other succession of things. Most people won't read into that. Well, Weisenberg said that they didn't know about it. They're not going to read into that. They're just going to say, 
okay, his corporation didn't pay the taxes. They hate that. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I've learned in covering politics for 40 years is that Americans hate politicians who don't pay their taxes uh, unless it's, um, oh, gosh, I can't think of the Democrat name, the one from New York. Oh, the Tuana Brawley. Uh, can't think of his name. Oh, Al Sharpton. Al, Al Sharpton. I yeah. Except for Al Sharpton, if he yeah. doesn't pay. <laughs> but America- well, I was going to say, there's a whole list of Democrats who uh, didn't pay their taxes. Uh, one of them became the Treasury Secretary. Right. But if you're convicted mm-hmm. of tax fraud or tax evasion, mm-hmm. that's the point. If you're convicted or your entity is, they have no sympathy for that whatsoever. Americans universally hate the IRS and hate paying taxes, but what they hate more, this is what I've learned in covering politics for 40 years, if a politician is charged and convicted of a tax crime, there's no sympathy. And the other thing is influence peddling. Americans hate almost universally influence peddling, or a politician, especially with foreign governments. That's why the polls show that the vast majority, two-thirds of America, and and I would say the other third of America doesn't even know the details of what the, not, not just accusations, because what the reality is where the evidence exists from the laptop of the tens of millions of dollars that have enriched the Biden family and a public that already overwhelmingly believes that Biden has enriched himself and his family by being a politician over the years. Mm-hmm. You can't win this. And they're scared to death. And so they've got to say, well, the crazy Republicans are going to get in, and this is the best president since LBJ. Bye, Obama. You don't matter anymore. Yeah. Talk about throwing Obama under the bus. Wow. Clinton. Right. Clinton. Remember the polls showed? I mean, we. it was, I don't know, it was a couple of years ago he was still, and we always laughed about it. Oh, he is Clinton. People loved Clinton. They loved Clinton. We said the only president on every single major issue that he was involved in as president. Okay, I'll say the vast majority of the important issues that people care about. He said he wished he hadn't done them when he was when he was president after he became president. And that's what Americans like. Americans like a wishy-washy president. I did that, but I wish I hadn't. Remember that? Yeah. Welfare reform. Right. No, I mean, Game all marriage. his major yeah. signature moves, yes. you know, that, that he signed. We always... I signed it, but I wish I hadn't. But think about that. Obama, bye. Hmm. <laughs> Clinton, bye. <laughs> Let's go back to LBJ. What a great president he is. Shh. Keep quiet. Very, very quiet. Because hmm. everybody lives in the bubble of today, and they don't remember... LBJ and the expansion of the Vietnam War. Yeah. Shh. Conveniently forget that. And best president since LBJ. <laughs> Spartacus doesn't have a clue. You know, you could have easily tried to say, look, uh, he was vice president under President Obama and their first two years. They were able to put together Obamacare. Chris, nobody's promoting that anymore. Never mind. Don't mention Obamacare. You know what? Go with the LBJ thing. 
Well, th- think about it. Well, well, we all know. I mean, th- that's the thing, though. That's so ridiculous. Nobody believes that President Biden has had two of the best years of any president in 60 years. Nobody buys that. Well, nobody. Here's the thing. List his top three achievements. If you say that on on the air to me, list his top three achievements. Well, you don't even you don't even have to go that far. All you have to do is say the vast majority of Democrats don't want him to run again. Forget about the opposition. Democrats don't want him to run again. That's how bizarre and that's how outrageous the left is going to have to be in order to fight, I believe, the uh, the Republicans. But everybody's in. They're all in. I know they're all in. As if, oh, no, no. It's, he's the greatest. He's yeah. the greatest. He's the greatest. And, you know, they're, it's their Charlie Crist moment all over again. Oh, no, no. Who was it? Uh was it Charlie Chris that they asked? No, 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 no. It was Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly in Arizona before the election. Would you like uh, President Biden to come to Arizona and campaign for you? Well, I, I welcome anybody. <laughs> uh, no, I think the answer you're looking for is yes, of course. We know he's very busy, but man, if he has the time, I'd love to have him here. It's and, and by the way, so the first the, the, the I just I went to the comments mm-hmm. the first comment and, and I did I just went to it a minute a second ago. Mm-hmm. Did Booker just state the Vietnam War was a good thing? <laughs> right, Senator Booker. I don't think we can point to any president. Maybe going back to LBJ, that a president has had as much of a successful two years. And then he writes, "This man is insane, totally insane." <laughs> You could have picked Jimmy Carter and done better. Yes, I know. <clears throat> you could have picked Gerald, Gerald Ford. Now, he wouldn't have and done better. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's uh and and when when I when I read that, uh I just went, "Wow, they're scared." They're real. I mean, they're really they they, you know, for some insane reason, they believe that. And I don't know because it is insane that they believe that they have to support Biden. Uh, And it's just it's well, my one of my working theories is and it's just a theory. I'm not married to it. Is this all right? We're all going to back down from this talk about challenging him at a primary. Until he doesn't run, he needs to make that decision everybody it it reeks of the head of the dnc calling everybody going hey stand down if he decides not which also begs the question does everybody on the inside already know he's likely not going to run again do they have an indication a strong indication from inside the hallways that he's not going to run again and so then you go Okay, let it play out naturally. Stand down. Don't even ask these questions. Don't even answer the questions. Governor Newsom, come out and say that you're not even interested in running for president. Because everybody knows that will change the moment he decides not to run. It won't won't matter anymore. Naturally. No, it's, it's exactly Hillary Clinton. 
uh, you know, in um, uh, leading up to uh, after 2004, leading up to 2008. Oh, I'm not going to run. I'm not going to run. I'm not going to run. And then she ran mm-hmm. in 2008. Yeah. You know, and, and so I'm wondering if they actually, if everybody pretty much knows it or they've just got the odds down that he's not going to run. That probably would have leaked. Well, I, here's the thing. Not that he's made the decision, but there's no way that physically he'll be able he to. He can run. Okay. Because you're right. If he had made that decision and told somebody that, it would be, somebody would run with it. Yeah. Somebody would have put that in a story somewhere, everywhere. But if he isn't physically able and everybody knows, which also begs the question, do they all know that something is very wrong with the current president mentally and physically? Yes, they do. They know. It's obvious. And they can't admit it. So which, you, which is why the president so can you be wait cri- for it to happen, which, which is why the president can be criticized, because they claim there's nothing wrong with him. Uh-huh. So when he makes the mistakes, it opens up all the criticism that he's then he's clueless, because if it isn't if it isn't physically a cognitive problem, then he's clueless and doesn't know what's going on. That's just who Joe Biden is. That's the problem there. You're just trying to make him cry. <laughs> can we get some cure? <laughs> Boys don't cry. 86690 Red Eye. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. So, yeah, they're not going to – the Democrats can't hide this. I agree with Jonathan Turley. They think they can. The, the thing is, the reason they're ignoring it – and this is how you know they're panicking. They're ignoring it. They're not challenging the actual charges against right. uh, 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 you know, Biden. And not the charges, the evidence. Right. That's the difference. If you look at, for example, Russia collusion – Everything was an allegation against Trump. Mm-hmm. There was never any evidence. It didn't exist. You had sources saying this and sources saying this, but you never had the actual evidence that Trump ever did anything, which is why they were able to continue. They, they continue this just by coming up with new stories with new sources. And then you had somebody like an Adam Schiff who would sit there and say, no, I've seen the evidence. It's more than just circumstantial evidence. It exists that Trump colluded. So you had outright lies by right now the head of the House Intelligence Committee. Mm -hmm. This is how bad this country is right now when the head of intelligence for the House lied about what intelligence said about President Trump back then and did it for years. He lied about it. Yeah. And and so but that's how that 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 was gone, kept going just through lies. There was never any evidence. The problem that Democrats have here, the laptop has been legitimized. It's real. And it talks about the president taking money from foreign governments and foreign entities related to foreign governments. It exists. And 
Nobody is debating the credibility of the evidence. No one. No. No one, because it comes from Hunter Biden's own laptop, and you have people that are willing to go under oath that worked with Hunter Biden to say that Joe Biden took the money. Democrats are scared like hell right now as to where this is going to go. You know, the, I, I think over at Salon, this whole attempt, horrible attempt by Digby to turn this, to basically try and do the Bill Clinton excuse. Oh, it was just about sex. Uh, you draw more attention to it. As you think you're you're basically telling people to dismiss it. Oh, it's nothing. The GOP is just interested in, you know, pictures of uh, of Hunter. As this comes out and becomes every all the facts come out more and more, which there are plenty of them right now. And we learn more and more about this. It won't serve Digby or anybody else who wants to ignore this and dismiss it. At all. It will not serve them in the least. Because people will look at that and go, oh, well, I didn't really know much about it. And they, I read the article that said, oh, it's just the GOP just cares about things that involved, you know, sex. So, wait a minute. What's all this other stuff? Is that true? Yeah. Why didn't they write about that in the Salon article that I read? what they just said it'll be on our app and website to hear later this morning red eye radio show.com and he is eric carley and i'm gary mcnamara 866-90-RED-EYE uh, well remember uh the uh, the the protest in loudon county virginia about a year and a half ago i think it was yeah yeah uh well a special grand jury was impaneled by the attorney general in response to that outrage at the school district there for what appeared to be a sexual assault cover-up of two female students by the same male gender-fluid student. In May and October of 21, a male student sexually assaulted two female students in the district. The perpetrator was allowed to merely uh, change schools after the initial assault at the Stonebridge High School where, as Breitbart writes, the skirt-clad male sodomized a ninth-grade girl. Administrators in the district were self-interested, according to the report, which alleges that the second assault at Broad Run High School could have been prevented. Quote, it, are, it is our considered judgment that the October 6th, 21 sexual assault at Broad Run High School should have never occurred had a number of individuals across a variety of entities spoken up or realized a serious problem was brewing regarding, regarding earlier incidents, then the sexual assault most likely would not have occurred. But nobody did, end of quote. Indeed, after only five months in his new school, the assailant abducted his next victim, 
from the hallway, forcing her into an empty classroom where he sexually assaulted and nearly suffocated her. Quote, there were several decisions, this is from the grand jury, there were several decision points for senior administrators up uh, to and including the superintendent to be transparent and step in and alter the sequence of events leading up to the October sexual assault. The report continues, they failed at every juncture, and that's a quote. Administrators appeared not only to be delinquent in the response, but purposefully ignorant of the realities of the situation. After the first assault, remember this, Mm. the father of the victim spoke up at a school board meeting expressing his concerns with district policy that allowed boys to use girls' restrooms in accordance to their consistently asserted gender identity. The father argued that such a policy would lead to more female students being assaulted, just like his daughter. The school board not only turned a blind eye, but also explained that no sexual assault had occurred in a restroom, including that of his daughter. The father was then removed from the room by the police. By the way, this is all what led up to these parents being referred to on the left as domestic terrorists. The warning signs for the second assault were present, according to the report, which should have been flagged by teachers and administrators. In early September of 21, the perpetrator assaulted a female student in English class by grabbing her shoulder really hard and asking if she posted nude photographs online. After a Title IX report was filed, the superintendent and chief of staff expressed concern, but nobody took action, leading that the, gra- the grand jury to conclude that the district bears the brunt of blame for the second assault. Over the course of the investigation, the district also attempted to stymie the grand jury, filing a lawsuit to declare it unlawful after initially initially agreeing to cooperate. Quote from the grand jury, we expected these public servants to provide clarity, transparency, and willingness to report truthfully to their constituents. Instead, we were, uh, we were met with deflection and obvious legal strategies designed to frustrate the grand jury's work, the report said. Hmm. Before uh, listing, uh, providing a list of uh, district attempts to obstruct the investigation. All this, why? Because of the liberal transgender activist movement. Not wanting to confront the insanity yep. of the policy that they created in that school district. Yep. And remember, this is what led to more protests across the nation and led to these parents being referred to exclusively on the left as domestic terrorists. Yep. And the intimidation from the DOJ, all of this. How dare you? Yeah. Understand, because this was huge news when it was going on. We spent days talking about it. And I didn't see, you know, Breitbart had it very, maybe low. I'm sure locally they had it. This didn't make national news. This didn't go viral yesterday or the day before. No, it didn't. None of this 
went no. viral. No, it didn't. It's like, oh, we just let it go. We just and this is what political activists do, though. They they will go crazy on something, and then when it doesn't go their way, they just don't mention it. And they move on to the next right, thing. They just move on. There is no shame. Right. There is no reflection to not let this happen again. They want to continue doing the exact same thing that will cause these exact don't, same things to don't happen. Don't just go to a different school district, which, yeah. which by the way, they did. I mean, it's it's not the same people, but it's the same mind, mindset. Yeah, so just amazing. You just you shake your head. You know, we said it then. And we can relate to this. Earlier, we were talking about DeSantis and, and, and the fact that the left was taking on the parents of Florida. They weren't taking on the governor. Disney wasn't taking on the governor and legislators. Yeah, taking on the parents. They were taking on the parents. They were going to war with the parents. You're not going to win that. And we started saying that long before the parental rights bill ever saw the light of day in Florida. And thankfully for the people of Florida, it did. And it was signed into law. But Loudon was it. I mean, that was, and we said it then. You're not going to win a war with parents, especially when you talk about the things that happened in that scenario. That entire story. That needs to be a documentary in the liberal media of course, wants to ignore doing any kind of follow-up on this report. They want to ignore it completely. And because they hope it goes away, because you're not going to win it. And what you saw here was a failure by this school administration. It was a, it was a failure completely. And by the way, those are those are decisions that were made. They have an obligation. They are obligated to protect students. Nope, you protect the agenda instead. Yep. Exactly what happened. I mean, when you read this and then go back to the, the school board uh, meetings, with the parents, remember the father speaking. I mean, that was on that was on video. It was, I it was horrible. When you when you read this report and you just put every everything into context, it's amazing how much self control he actually had, and he was furious yeah. because I would lose my ever loving mind, and they were dismissive of him. I mean, they were basically they were they were all but mocking him. How in the hell does it come to this where children no longer matter? The consideration for children isn't there. It's got to be the agenda. We're willing to mutilate. We're willing to do anything and everything because that's part of it. Identity is everything. The protection of the students, of the children is not no it's not they don't they they don't care about the children 
and and we put them in charge of our children. They don't care about the children. Well, yeah, during and we said it back then, and I've said it for years. During the school year, these are these people are in charge of your kids. They care for your kids for more wake, waking hours than you do during the school year. They have more face time and more control over your kids for longer periods of time than you do. And I I don't I don't know what you do with you know I mean you look at Florida and and that was the right thing to do the the lawmakers and governor did the right thing. Mm-hmm. But when you have a DOJ that's willing to target parents because they show up at a meeting and and honestly I mean again that was uh that was self control because i would have been furious out of my mind as angry as he was i just don't i don't know how i w- i would control myself because i mean how in the world does it happen how in the world does it get to that point then you're you're a political activist uh, as an educator, a, a series, you're, you're not, I mean, it's like a series it, of it, decisions Yeah, made by groups mm-hmm. of people, right? You're political at, you don't care about anything except your narrative. You don't care about people. That's the problem with the left. They end up caring about the narrative more than they care about people. The narrative is everything to them, no matter whether the narrative is based in reality or not. It becomes their religion. McAuliffe. So, Parents don't have any business in the in the classroom. Yep. Swalwell recently. It, you're an idiot if you think you should have control over your kids and what they learn. Yeah. You're not the expert. We are. The arrogance involved in that, but the, you know, is 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 one thing. But understand, it is the narrative is more important than people. It's definitely more and, important and, than children. And we know, well, look, we know it across the board. The narrative, whether it works or not, is more important. We've seen it on climate change. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, we, yeah. We, to, I, and it's, I know it's a different topic, but it, no, it it's provides, the same mentality, it provides absolute clarity. Kids don't matter. But, we, we'll we'll right. put fear in their minds to the point right. that they're having nightmares and, and crying on camera. Well, you know, the yeah, the, the entire thing, my, my child's, uh, you know, crying. Uh, Biden getting rid of tens of thousands of union jobs based on a narrative that was incorrect even by liberal standards. But it didn't matter. The narrative exists, so you hurt people because the narrative is more important even when your own <laughs> staff comes to you and say, no, actually, to keep the pipeline would be the better thing than the other options out there. They I don't care. said it in the yeah. days after in right. the media. Right. In the, oh, three in the media. of them. Right. The narrative is more important, whether it's truthful or not, than people. That's what the left has become. We don't give a damn about people. Only the only thing that matters the narrative. Insane. Eight six six ninety red eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90 of Red Eye. Coming up following uh, the uh, top of the hour, uh, J.P. Uh, Morgan Chase, CEO of Jamie Dimon, says inflation eroding consumer wealth, uh, which may cause a recession next year. He goes into some specific details on that. He also mm-hmm. compared cryptocurrencies to collecting pet rocks on CNBC. <laughs> He said, I think crypto is a complete sideshow. You guys spend too much time on it. Mm. And in my view, in my view is pretty clear on it. Crypto tokens are like pet rocks. <laughs> yeah. He clarified uh, uh, he was not saying that the blockchain technology is worthless, but called crypto tokens currently completely useless. He called on regulators to be looking more into cryptocurrencies before they look into banks. No, there's I, there's already promise that they're they're going yeah. to. They in fact they're already working on that. The administration is, has uh, the Biden administration has already promised that there's going to be something. They're going to do something on that. There was no way that they weren't going to. That lawmakers wouldn't uh, heavily regulate that stuff. You know, I, I think with the fall of FTX, I think now that's going to be because there are people who lost a lot of money. Uh, Tom Brady uh, reportedly is one of them. You know, these investors and, okay, crypto, it's the next thing. And you throw money down and all of a sudden that money's gone. Now, number one, (laughs) I don't know what kind of prospectus there is on cryptocurrency. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great point. I think the prospectus on all of the tokens reads something like, Good luck, dude. (laughs) But lawmakers after the FTX fall, I think, are definitely going to have their sites on massive regulation. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Hey, that's part one of our show. Don't miss the rest. Click part two on our website, redeyeradioshow.com or Red Eye Radio phone app to hear the rest of the show. And thanks for listening to Red Eye Radio. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord, we get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? (laughs) You pay me more. Jeff Smith teaches on the sliding scale. (laughs) Those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.